Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is the podcast version of my weekly-ish newsletter called Sarah by the Season, where I explore a little bit of everything that's on my mind as I try to lean into nature's wisdom and rhythms. Subscribe and learn more at sarahbytheseason.com. Hi, friends. I accidentally took the month of July off from writing, but I'm back, and if not refreshed, at least full of words and feelings, so I have an extra long newsletter for you today titled, Who Speaks for Them? Lessons from a City Planning Meeting. Last year around this time, the developer across the street began cutting down a big patch of old forest that had divided the cornfields for at least many decades. Many of the trees, I imagine, were older than Indiana statehood. They had initially promised those of us who showed up at the city council meeting that the developer would keep that strip of forest. But a new developer came in and reneged on the original plan. There was this one silver maple that had to have been one of the oldest in central Indiana if its circumference was any indication. I made a few phone calls and was told there was nothing we could do. Maeve made a sign for the silver maple, begging them to at least leave it. It was gone by the time we got home from school and work already wood-chipped and delivered off to who knows where. We ate dinner as a family that evening with barely a peep, which is really saying something if you've ever met Maeve. I spent the next several days working outside, hashtag because COVID, on our porch, and you might accuse me of sentimentality or anthropomorphizing, but I know what I heard and felt. I've never heard so much bird noise at our house as I did those first several days after they cut down the forest. A hawk circled his presumably former home all day the first day. It felt like the birds were mourning. Their calls sounded sickly and confused. After several days, their sounds faded away. The birds and critters found new homes elsewhere. I'm sure some of them were killed in the destruction along with their forest homes. I wrote about this kind of solastalgia last fall, and I fear I'm experiencing preemptive solastalgia these days, kind of like Brene's anticipatory anxiety, but for the imminent destruction of a place you love. Because we received notice that a developer plans to slam 330-plus homes into the farm and woodlands surrounding the entire west and south boundaries of our property. We knew something like this could happen, but we had been assured by city councilors and mayoral staff that it was always the worst-case scenario in terms of development options. Despite this development being planned in conjunction with the city for at least a year, if not longer, we homeowners only found out about it less than two weeks ago, when we learned that it would be proposed to the planning committee hearing on Monday evening, via a generic-looking letter in the mail. So Grant and I rearranged our schedules to both make it to the meeting. We encouraged neighbors to go. We met with the developer. We contacted the city staff with our questions, all in the week's time between returning from a restful vacation and the evening of the meeting. I've only been to a few planning committee meetings, but this one seemed fuller than most. They saved our proposed development for last. A city planner described the developer's plan, then a developer himself was given time to review their proposal for everyone, even though we all already had copies of it. The floor was then open for questions and concerns. At least 25 people got up and shared their many and varied concerns with the density of the development. Some were soft-spoken. Others were vehement. Most of us were a little nervous. When it was my turn, I spoke about how this property had a less dense development proposed on it five years ago, which was not approved because of traffic concerns. Why would they allow a more dense development into the area now, especially when we have an additional development today that we didn't have when this project was originally turned down? Grant focused on the traffic and road conditions. We told ourselves, be practical. Don't get too emotional. Speak to the stuff that will have the most impact. Grant had to leave two hours into the meeting to pick Jasper up from basketball, but I stuck around. A quiet man that appeared to be about my age got up and softly asked the planning committee, How many of you have ever seen a pileated woodpecker? 
No one on the panel raised their hand. No one. First of all, how is it that 11 people who live in Noblesville, Indiana, have never seen one of the largest, most striking native birds in Indiana? I'd like to believe that they just weren't feeling participatory, but honestly, that lack of hands caused my whole chest to squeeze in on itself. But then I focused on the soft-spoken gentleman who asked the question, because by now he was describing the bird in detail, its coloring, its habitat, what it likes to eat. They come to a suet feeder. They come to ours, too, right by his back window, which he told the committee is pretty rare in suburbia. Pileated woodpeckers prefer older, large trees, established forests, like the old woods that lie behind his home that the development plans to butt right up to. His voice was filled with awe, affection, and love, asking the committee members to realize what his family would lose if the pileated woodpeckers moved elsewhere. That's when I realized two things. One, Grant and I had possibly gone about it all wrong, focusing on the practical and politically convincing instead of our deep love of our place. The surrounding forests, the more-than-human life that lives and thrives in this quieter, less populated place amidst development all around. And two, while the polyated woodpecker guy had it right to be talking about his deep love for this beautiful species, he still wasn't talking for the woodpecker so much as he was talking about his and his family's appreciation of it. Which is a beautiful thing, of course, but my realization was, who is talking for that particular pileated woodpecker that comes to his feeder? Who is talking for the trees, the thousands of black raspberry brambles on the edges of this property that will be destroyed, and trillium stands that permeate the old-growth forest, many of which will be destroyed if the development goes through? Who is talking for other bird species that live in those forests? Who is talking for the deer whose trails wind through the forest? Who is talking for the foxes and coyotes that we often see and hear? Who is talking for the mitochondria and the soil that will be pushed, prodded, and displaced? We humans act like we're the only ones whose opinions, comfort, safety, lives matter. We are so fucking arrogant. I am so fucking arrogant. Only thinking of my own concerns, really. Missing the perspective of all these other beings that cannot speak for themselves at the planning commission meeting. Of course, this is not new. Many other wiser people have been saying these things and for centuries. It's just that this conversation happening in and about my actual backyard brought these things home in a new and powerful way. So I've been trying to rally the neighbors in any way that works. I figure some of them could care less about the pileated woodpecker, but they do care about the effect on their property values. I don't care what gets them to care, to be honest, so long as they show up and loudly. I'm wondering if I should perhaps work to adopt that attitude about more things. The climate emergency, the loss of ecosystems and biodiversity, poverty, this pandemic. Maybe I should stop working so hard arguing with people about why they should care and spend more time imagining new ways that might inspire caring in them. For the rest of this week's newsletter, including rants and raves and stuff worth sharing, You'll have to check out the written version at sarahbytheseason.com. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you know of someone who might like this sort of thing, I would love it if you would forward it on to them. Thanks so much. And cheers to speaking up for those who can't speak for themselves in the week ahead.